This morning, we're going to talk about testimonies. We're going to talk about how we overcome by the word of our testimony. And um, I know that this has caused some consternation in our body. A little bit of, maybe a little bit of fear in some of the people. And I will take responsibility for maybe I did not explain it well. And so this morning, I want to talk about the significance and the power of testimony. And I want to explain it in a way that will hopefully take away the fear and give, replace that with an anticipation and a level of excitement as to why we should share our testimony. Let me tell you how this idea came about, to be very honest with you, because I really didn't see the significance of it when it first came to my mind because I was praying about what do we do for adult Sunday school because we were kind of in between teachers and the whole Sunday school thing. I'll tell you, the whole Sunday school, let me just, let me back up. Let me preface to say this. Church today is under attack. Church is under attack. If you want to come in and have a religious experience without really being serious about it, it's probably very easy to do. But church that focuses on Jesus, church that focuses on the Bible, is under attack. And so when we come together and try to put together a church that's going to be meaningful, and it's going to be effective, and it's going to be powerful, and it's going to be the church that Jesus is coming back for, we're under attack. And so when we try to put things together, there's a lot of stress, a lot of strife in that. Now, maybe you should say, Mike, if you're really in the spirit, maybe it should become easy to you. Well, let me tell you, it's not. Let me tell you, every moment it's hard to put together, what do we do? How do we do this to make it productive? Productive for the kingdom, not productive to, wait, to be measured by man's measurements to be successful. Because if I'm doing it by man's measures, measurements to be successful, I wouldn't preach the way I preach. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stress the things I stress because I would make it a lot easier to come in and hear a nice word and go home and everybody feel good about themselves and everybody feel pumped up about themselves. But I got to tell you, when I go into prayer every week for what the Lord's laying on my, on my heart, um, he takes me over the coals because I need to be taken over the coals because I need to get dross burned out of my life. And um, so church is under attack. Our Sunday school program is under attack. Why? Because the devil, this world, does not want our children to be taught. The devil does not want our kids to grow up learning Bible stories. The devil doesn't want adults to come together and open the Word of God and teach each other. The devil doesn't want us to come together in fellowship and unity. He wants to keep us separated and he wants to keep us apart and he, wanted, he wants to keep us at odds with each other as much as he can if we're having church. If we're having a club, he doesn't care. He'll say, come on together. Go far enough to make, you, make yourself feel good about yourself, but never measure up to the standard of what God's expecting because that's not the church that Jesus is coming back for. 
And I'm not naming churches. I, all I know is there's a lot of churches out there because the Word says that many will walk the, walk, the, the ride road, the easy road. Many will be on that road. But only a few enter the narrow gate and walk the narrow road. So the Bible says that many more versus the few are walking a road to destruction. That's what the Bible says. But see, we want to say it the other way around. We want to say, no, many are on the road to life and only a few are not going to make it. Only the really bad people aren't going to make it. Listen, folks, that's not what the Bible says. Let's read the Bible for what it really says. And then let's really live for what the Bible says. And let's make sure that we're part of the few that are in that narrow gate on that narrow road, right? And if we are on that narrow gate on that narrow road, you've got to know you're going to be under attack. Just so you know that. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you what you are, can expect so that you can be victorious over that. And that's what testimonies do. And that's why we're talking about this this morning. So how we got started on this, I figured, okay, I needed some filler. Can I be honest with you? We needed some filler material. So I said, all right, let's just do testimonies as filler until we get the next teacher. Well, that sounded like a good idea. But as I started to talk about it to people, I said, they didn't think it was a good idea. No, because you know what, you know what testimonies require? Testimonies require participation. Do we want church? Do we want to come in and just feel like we've been someplace? Or do we want to participate? And do we want to really be a part of the true church? That's what testimonies do. See, if I just want to go into a building, sing a few songs, hear a preacher preach, drop a little bit of money in the offering and go home and think I've done it, I'm okay, fine. There's a lot of places to do that. Not here. It's not going to happen here. As long as I'm pastor, as long as the Lord's putting it on my heart, it's not going to happen here. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. We're going to do what the Lord's asking us to do because I want to be one of those pastors where the Lord says, Mike, you did a good job because the, your blood is on my hands. Everybody that comes into this place, your blood is on my hands. If I'm not preaching the gospel the way God wrote it, if I'm twisting it in any way, if I'm adding to it or taking away from it, then he's going to look at me and he's going to hold me accountable for your life. And if you want to trade places with me, you're more than welcome to. But I say this in love. And I say this because I'm concerned about who we are. So therefore, when I started to think about this filler uh, testimony, I said, that's a good idea. But then the Lord's saying, Mike, no, that's, I'm serious about that. I really want this. I really think it's important because when people start to give their testimonies, you know what's going to happen? Amazing things in their life. Amazing things are going to start to happen when they start to give their testimony because many of you think, well, my testimony is not exciting. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> if you're saved, it is. So let's talk about testimonies. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. For Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. I passed out to you all the scriptures around it. I, I didn't put a lot of notes on that, so you can do your own if you want to, or, or you can just have the scriptures. It's up to you. They triumphed, or they triumphed over 
or some translations say they overcame him, who is him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. That is a very interesting passage. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. For some people, giving a testimony is like dying. <laughs> For some people, giving up and say, speaking in front of a, a few people is worse than death. Well, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So they gave their testimony. <laughs> The Greek word for testimony is martria, martria, and it means this. The definition is judicial evidence, declaration in a matter of fact or doctrine, attestation to character and reputation. Declaration in a matter of fact, a factual declaration of who I am in Christ. That's a testimony. It's a factual declaration of who I am. It's attesting to my bold statement that I'm a Christ follower and I'm a disciple. I'm not just a Christian. I was talking to Crick about this and he brought up a really interesting point that when Christians were named Christians back in the early church, it was a derogatory comment. It was a mocking comment towards people. It wasn't something to be proud of. But yet in our day today, almost all Americans will call themselves Christians. I'm a Christian. You know it. You've heard it. But how many of them are really a Christ follower? How many of them are really a disciple of Christ? There's a big difference between being a named Christian and a follower of Christ. I want to be follower of Christ. I want to follow in his footsteps because I want to become a little Christ, not a little God. I don't want to become a God. I just want to be, when people look at me, I want them to see Jesus in me, not me. And I have a long ways to go in that. I know that. But that's my goal. That's what I'm working towards. So our testimony becomes very important to us. It impacts us significantly. See, we live in a world of perception and reality. Perception and reality. Basically, most of the time, perception becomes reality for people. What they perceive becomes reality, whether it's truth or not. This is dangerous for us because deception comes out of perception. When I perceive I'm easily deceived. So we need to be clear on what is truth, what are we focusing on, and or what are we, what are we taking as a perception to be the reality of the truth. Our testimony is the truth behind the reality of our life. And it's powerful. It destroys the perception of what the devil wants to credit it with. You see, because sometimes we think we have to be perfect to give a testimony. The devil will take every little flaw that I have and he will twist it and blow it up so that when I walk in public, they're going to see the problem of Mike Way. And that problem of Mike Way is going to be the perception of my reality. And here's the deal. I need to take ownership of that. I need to own my failures. 
I need to own my faults. I need to own those things, that, those habits in my life that are still controlling me, those things that are still not giving glory to God. Because I've got to tell you, there's a lot of things in my life that don't bring glory to God. And if I gloss over those things, then what am I really doing? No, when I see something in my life that doesn't bring glory to God, if I have a habit, if I have a life-controlling addiction, if I have something to me that doesn't bring glory to God, I need to take ownership of that and not let that, though, dictate who I am. So I need to understand the reality of, of truth. When I share the power of the Holy Spirit through me, it is the way I overcome Satan. I overcome by the word of my mouth. I overcome by my actions that I apply. I don't overcome in my perfection because I'm never going to be perfect and neither will you be and that's okay as long as we're striving as long as we're striving to have Christ in my life, as long as I'm constantly coming to him for forgiveness, that's a testimony. See, when we don't share our testimony, we limit the power of God in our life by allowing the enemy to have rule in that area of my life. When I don't declare God for who he is in my life, I'm basically saying, devil, I'm giving you the authority then in my life here because I'm not declaring God over it. When I don't share my testimony, it's not in humility that I don't share my testimony. Really, it's in pride that I don't share my testimony. And when I do that, I'm giving the enemy territory. I'm giving the enemy authority when I don't share my testimony. We allow the perception to become reality that we're less than what God wants us to be when I don't share my testimony. See, and that's no way to honor God. And that's not the way to bring glory to Jesus by allowing the perception of the enemy to rule in my life. I bring glory to Jesus when I declare who I am in Christ. Who I am, how I'm overcoming, not necessarily overcome. Yes, we will ultimately, at the end of the day, we will be the overcomer, but right now I'm overcoming. It's a continual process. It's a daily process of overcoming. And as I overcome, I need to share that testimony I need to declare God's greatness in my life in the overcoming. And when I share the power of Christ in our lives with other brothers and sisters in Christ, then we are encouraging one another. I'm encouraging you to live a better life, and you're encouraging me in your struggle and your, your victories. It provides a window into our lives that others can see our successes and maybe even our struggles so that we can celebrate with them and we know how to pray for them. I'm trusting you with my life, basically. I'm trusting you with some intimacies of my life. Testimonies are powerful because they are putting me out, they're extending our relationship. They're, I'm basically going out on a limb here, sharing a little bit of my life. I'm becoming vulnerable to you a little bit when I share my life. I trust you with that. And when we can trust each other with that, then we can pray with each other. We can build each other up. We can guard each other's back from the enemy. So it's important that we share our testimony. It's the, it gives us freedom. When I have freedom to go to you and be open and honest with you, that's relationship. That's relationship. That's the relationship that Christ wants to have with us.
That's the kind of relationship he wants to have with each other. That's love. The devil, on the other hand, wants to keep us separated from each other. He doesn't want us to come together in unity. He doesn't want us to share each other's burdens. He doesn't want us to share each other's victories or successes. He wants to keep us isolated as, as lone sheep because a lone sheep in a pasture is easy prey for a wolf. But you bring that sheep into the flock and that wolf doesn't know which sheep to attack and it confuses them. You know, when, school, when fish school together and a bar- barracuda comes up into the into the fray because of the school that it creates chaos and confusion to the to the predator and he comes in and there's so many fish to eat he doesn't know which one to get because they're all together there's strength in numbers there's strength when they come together there's protection when we come together and the devil doesn't want us to come together he wants to keep us separated he wants to keep us lone wolves he wants to keep you in your own little world he doesn't want you to share your life with anybody he doesn't want you to hear anybody else's life he wants to keep you easy prey Because a person or a man or a woman that keeps themselves isolated, the devil does mighty work in the mind of that kind of a person. It's the declaration that Jesus is in our heart and in our lives and that he's in control and that we're victorious is the declaration of victory in our life. And that defeats the devil. That defeats him. That's why he is so adamant that we don't share because that is his downside. So what is a testimony? Let's talk about it. What is a testimony? What are we talking about? When we say we've got to give your testimony or we want you to share your testimony, what is it? It's the evidence and the proof of what God has done and is continuing to do in your life. It's the evidence and proof what God has done and is continuing to do in your life. A testimony is meant to be shared and not kept to oneself. It's meant to be shared. Your testimony is meant to be shared. A testimony is ever-changing. It's not a static, once-upon-a-time story in the past. It is the declaration that I am undergoing a continuous process of salvation and sanctification. And it's up-to-date evidence that God is in the changing power in my life today. See, it's understanding that I'm a work in progress. I'm not the completed sculptor yet. He's still chiseling me. He's still working on me. God is wanting to make me into a master sculptor at some point in time, but there's a process And I'm going through that process in this dark world and twisted world and and my testimony is a declaration of what God is doing to continually change me and work in me. And it's not, well, I just did something once and I have nothing else to say. No, a testimony is every new. We could give testimonies every week for what God has done in my life this week. That's your story. That's your story. Let me tell you what a testimony isn't. What is not, what isn't a testimony? A testimony is not bragging on yourself and all the great things you've accomplished. It's not a bragging on who I am. It isn't boasting on how bad of a person I was before I got saved. It isn't honoring the devil with how bad I was. It it is not a confessional of all the dirt in my life. You do not have to share all the details of your life when you give a testimony. 
You need to be careful, in fact, what you share with people. Because you have to just guard your life. You have to, be, you have to put boundaries on your life. So if the Lord encourages you in a particular setting, if you feel the unction of the Lord to do it in a particular setting of people that you truly can be trusted, then do it. But that's not the intent. This is not a confessional. This isn't a time where you share all your most embarrassing moments in front of the world so we can all laugh at you. That's not it. And there are no wrong answers with your testimony. You are not, exam- you are not putting yourself up for examination for we can say, oh, that was wrong, that was wrong. No, it's your life. Why are testimonies so important? Why is your testimony so important? So you can have a more, a more meaningful relationship in the body of Christ. So that you can have, so that you can have a more meaningful relationship within the body of Christ. So we can better appreciate who you are and where you came from and where you're going. So that you can know how to pray for each other. So you know how to pray the needs of what's in somebody else's life. And so maybe we can even be more accountable toward each other. Maybe when I give my testimony, it puts me in a position now where I have stated the facts that I am trying to do this or I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to read my Bible more. I'm trying to pray more. I'm trying to witness more. So when I state it, I'm inadvertently or maybe advertently making myself accountable to you because I've made a claim where I'm going. And the devil doesn't like it when we make verbal claims like that because now if I'm accountable, I might have somebody coming to... If, see, here's, here's the proof of true love. If you really love me as a brother, then you're not going to want anything bad happening to me. So if you see me getting in the weeds someplace... If you love me enough, you're going to come to me and say, Hey, Mike, are you okay? Are you all right? I'm seeing something in your life that maybe you're inconsistent in. Are you okay? And you know what that's not? That's not meddling. That's showing me that you love me. And so when I make a claim by a testimony to say, This is where I've been, this is where I'm at, and this is where I'm going... What I'm trying to tell you is I'm giving you a roadmap to my life and when you see me off in the weeds someplace, I'm giving you the authority to come to me and say, hey, let's get back on the road. Can I help you? Can I help you get back on the highway that we're going on here? Because I think you're getting on a wide road over here. Let's go back to the narrow road. Why? Because I've given you the authority to be, that I could be accountable to you. That's love. That's what church is. That's the church that Jesus Christ is coming back for. That's what we are. And that's what testimonies do because they bring us into accountability with each other. And that's a good thing. Is it scary? Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is, but that's okay. It's okay to be a little bit scared, isn't it? It's okay to be that way. A testimony makes you powerful in the kingdom. It releases God's authority in your life at a whole new level. You give your testimony and I can pretty much assure you that you're going to have another level of victory coming. You give your testimony the way God's really working in your life obediently and I can pretty much tell you that you've got a new victory coming. you're, You're reaching a new plateau of your Christian life. 
And there's power there. There's power there. You're defeating the enemy. Let me go one step further this morning. That our testimony is so powerful that your testimony will declare today where you will spend eternity in heaven or hell. Can I say that? Because if you declare yourself to be a righteous man of Christ and living that way, God, through the Holy Spirit's powerfulness and His holiness in you, that will position you to go to heaven and have eternity. Or if you do not declare your testimony, if you stay under the bondage of the enemy, you're basically relinquishing your authority. And then you're at real risk of where are you going to spend your eternity. Nobody likes to talk about hell. Nobody likes to consider that fact. But you know, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. Study the scriptures. Study the New Testament. And Jesus talked more about hell than he ever talked about heaven. Why? Because it's reality. Because it's real. Because it's coming for those that aren't under Christ. That's why we have to search the scripture. That's why we need to be a Berean. So we need to know what the Bible says, and then we need to declare it. Now, I know here that there are some here this morning that will say things like, well, no one's interested in my life story. It's boring. It's uneventful. Can I tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell? I do care what your life's about. I do want to know who you are. And so do other people in your church. We started to have it this morning in Sunday school, and I tell you, it was fun. It was, in, it was enlightening and it's encouraging. And I, I'm excited. I'm really excited about what's happening in here. And we're going to continue down this path because I really feel led to do this. This is not filler anymore. I'll tell you that right now. So forgive me if I ever thought that. It, this is not filler material. We have some good teachers in this body. But, you know, the best teacher is you when you give your story. And we're going to do that for a while and we're going to get to know who we are. But the devil is going to do everything he can to try to keep us from doing this. He's going to try to keep you quiet and in the background. And I understand that we're all not the same. I understand that some people, it's a lot easier to get up and speak than other people. But you know what? That's not the point. The point is not about how easy I can, give up, I can stand up in front of people. And this is not a, a time of uh, personal... Um, evaluation of a person's speaking ability. Don't worry about that. Now, I did make a suggestion, and maybe this is what scared people. I said, write it out. Write it all down, and so you can present it. <laughs> Some people said, man, you put me back in high school, like I'm writing a theme paper or a, a, a term paper. No, that was just a suggestion, because sometimes if you write it out, it helps you with it. If you just write it down, maybe you write your personal testimony down and then you start saying, wow, God did do some mighty things in my life. I didn't realize that. I wrote it down. That's just a suggestion. You don't have to do that. If it helps you, that's great. And some say, well, I was saved when I was eight years old or I don't even remember being saved because I grew up in a church. In fact, that's kind of where I was. I grew up in a church, grew up sleeping on pews. And at the time, they were hard wood pews, and I learned to sleep pretty good with no pillow. And, and I could do pretty good sleeping on a church pew. In fact, some people still are pretty good at this. <laughs> no, uh, no, no comments and no names, but you know who you are. <laughs> I also was 
growing up in a church where the only time I left a church service was to go out and get a spanking. I, I didn't go out for junior church. Not to say junior church is bad. I know things are different, and I don't want to go back and say, let's do it well with the way we used to do things. I'm not saying that. All I know is that I didn't grow up coddled. I grew up watching adults worship, sing, sit through services, hearing pastors preach. Maybe I didn't get a lot of it, but it still went in. And, uh, and, and I grew up fearing my dad's paddle if I screwed up. Because we all knew when a kid was going out to get a spanking. We all knew it. Because they were going out and saying, I'm sorry, I won't do it anymore, Dad. They're all scrolling, they're going out. You know, and that's okay. It puts fear in the rest of the kids. <laughs> that, you know, it might happen to me too. So um, that's, that's just part of my life. That's just who I was. It's where I came from. So, I, so you might say, well, my salvation was so, was so boring. Well, let me just say this. That... If you're thinking your testimony is only limited to your moment of salvation, then you've got a, a misconstrued view of a testimony. Because that was just day one of your life. That was just the beginning of your life. Your testimony needs to be on an everyday basis of your salvation because the Bible says that we are in the process of being saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing... Notice the perishing word, not perished, but perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, a perishing person isn't a person that's already dead. They're on the road to perishing. A person that's being saved is on the road to being saved. Well, I was saved when I was eight years old. Yes, I was. That was, your, that was your entry to get in to be a child of God. Now I am being saved every day. I'm walking in that salvation every day. That's my testimony. I'm being saved every day. I'm continuously being saved. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work it out with fear and trembling. That's awesome respect of who God is and the position who God is. You work it out. So we're constantly working and living our life out of our salvation, our salvation every day. And that's part of our testimony. What has God done for me this week? See, there's nothing static about salvation. There's nothing static. It's not a once-for-all done thing. I, I can lose my salvation. I firmly believe that. The Bible is very clear that we can walk away from it. It was our free will to receive the, the, the salvation of Jesus Christ, and we have the free will to walk away from it. It'd be stupid if we did, but we can. Our testimony helps us keep our salvation alive, declaring it. This deliverance changes us from enemies of God to children of God. From being an enemy of God to a child of God. And that's just the beginning of a new life. And that's a glorious life. The overcomer's life, the overcomer's life is a life filled with continuous testimonies of God's redemptive and life-changing and his keeping power until the, we, until the day we die. 
That's what an overcomer's life is about. It's an overcoming life of testimony every day of God's redemptive and life-changing power in my life. Do you have any idea who you are in Christ? Do you have any idea, clearly, who you are in Christ? We said earlier that we, we, we thank Jesus for who he is, not necessarily what he's done. Who he is is the Son of God. Who he is is the Creator. Who he is is the Redeemer. Who are you? Who are you in Christ? If you've accepted Christ in your life, who are you? Do you know who you are? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. You're a new creation. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're here to do good works. We're here to be productive. We're here to be working in this world. Philippians chapter 4, 13. I think probably all of us have this one memorized. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's who you are in Christ. And if that's not worth the testimony, then what is? Do we really know who we are in Christ? So again, why is our testimony important? Go back to our text, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. I want you to open up your Bible to Revelation chapter 12. And I want to read this. I want to read the context. It's important that we understand the context of where these verses come from. Revelation chapter 12, starting at verse 1. We're going to read this, and we're going to understand what's happening. You got it? Everybody got it? Ready to read with me? Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. He swept, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his, with his, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much to shrink back from death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. 
When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given the two wings of a great eagle so that she might fly to the place where, uh, prepared for her in the desert where she would be taken care of for a time, times and a half a time, three and a half years, out of the serpent's reach. Then from his mouth the serpent spewed river, a water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with a torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. Listen to this. Those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. What this is describing is end time stuff. I know it's a little bit confusing, but here's what I want you to get out of it. What was happening in the heavens was warfare. The devil is warring against God and his angels. The devil is trying to destroy what God has established. And because he can't destroy God, what is he doing at the end? It tells us. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. That's us. The devil is out making war against us. That's why, do you see the significance? Why? Why then in a passage describing spiritual warfare like this, why do we have a passage that says that they overcame him? Who's they? We we, the offspring, overcame him. Who's him? The devil or Satan. Him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Why is this so important? We have to recognize here that right in the middle of this great description of this heavenly battle, there is this little bit that God expects out of us. We have a responsibility in the heavenly battle to speak our testimony. He's doing all the work. He's doing all the battling. It's by the blood of the Lamb who is Jesus Christ, but we have a responsibility, and that is to declare our testimony in the middle of the battle so that we can overcome Satan. If I don't declare my testimony in the middle of the battle, I'm not going to win my personal battle. Hear this. Very important here. It's important to know that there are two parts to our redemption. According to the Scripture... There is the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Notice it does not say, and by the blood of the Lamb or the word of my testimony. This is not an optional thing. I am going to be an overcomer. I am going to be in heaven by the blood of Christ and by declaration of that. By the declaration of who I am in Christ. That's it. That's two parts. It's not just because Jesus died for me and I'm afraid to tell anybody. No, I have to declare it. I have to be proud of the fact that Jesus died for me. And here's the thing. See, Satan has already lost. He's already lost the big battle. Macrally, Satan knows he's defeated. Well, I don't know if he knows it or not, but he is. We know it. He's defeated. He's going to spend all eternity in hell. Macrally. The battle, though, is microly. The battle is my life. And the battle is your life. And Satan knows he can do nothing about the blood of the Lamb. That's already been given. It's already been spilled out on the ground. Christ has already done that. So Satan cannot reverse that. He cannot back that up. But he can make me be quiet about my testimony. 
And if I allow him to keep me from speaking my declaration of who I am, then he can destroy me and he can destroy you. That's why it's important that we need to give our testimony. That's why it's important we need to give it every time we have opportunity. Does that make sense? Luke chapter 9, verse 26. Luke chapter 29. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. If I'm not given my testimony because I'm ashamed of it, whoa, 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 whoa. For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man, that's Jesus, be ashamed when he, that person, comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the Holy Angel. See, if I'm ashamed of my testimony, then Jesus will not present me to the Father. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed, Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So again, what is my testimony? My testimony is the judicial evidence or declaration in a matter of fact that I'm born again and I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. And Jesus is working out in my life many, many things. And my testimony is I am on the road. And I want people to know it. And I want you to come with me. And I want to declare it whenever I can to whoever I can. Jackie, would you come? We're going to have communion this morning. So I would just want to encourage us all this morning to examine my life and say, wow, do I see myself? First of all, where are you in Christ? Where are you in Christ? If you're questioning who you are in Christ, I can understand why you don't have a testimony. If you're questioning who you are in Christ, then I can understand that. But if you know who you are, then declare it. Declare it to the top of your lungs and let the world know that Jesus Christ is your King and your Master and your Savior. When should you give your testimony? When should you? Not just on Sunday mornings at 9.30. We're going to be doing this on Sunday school hours. So I encourage you all to come in. Listen to other people's testimonies. Give your own. Share the conversation. When should we do this? Whenever you can as often as you can in as many places as you can this is not a one time deal this is sharing our life of who we are in Christ it's what brings glory to God it's what brings glory to Jesus it's what excites him when he hears people bragging about him I gotta, I gotta imagine that he sits on the edge of his seat a little bit more and he inclines his ear to earth he says oh, come on come on talk to me Talk to people about me. Listen. If you don't tell your testimony, nobody will. I can't give your testimony. You're the only one that can. And here's a, here's a beautiful thing about it. It's the only one that Jesus wants to hear given. Because he made you just the way he made you. You're unique you're beautiful he created you the way you are and he broke the mold because he doesn't want anybody else to be like you 
So therefore, you are the only one that can give your testimony. And you'll be an overcomer. And you'll be an overcomer. And things will just start to get good for you. So this morning, let's, let's understand who we are in Christ. Let's be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Let's be bold in our sharing. And let's enjoy the process. This morning, we're going to sing the song that I've asked Jackie to play, Redeemed, Redeemed by the Blood of the Lamb. And we're going to declare ourselves redeemed as we come this morning. We're going to, this is open communion. You do not have to be a member of our church. Just all you need to know is Jesus. So come on up and let's sing the song as we're coming. And let's just declare our redemption in Christ Jesus. Amen. redeemed this morning do you know who you are in Christ seriously do we know who we are we are a workmanship we are a, a truly created being in the name of Jesus Christ and then so when we walk in this world as we continue in our process of salvation we continue in our development of our testimony don't be discouraged by the things you see in the world. Don't be discouraged by the things you feel sometimes. Know who you are. Know that Christ is pleased with you when you follow him and you work hard for him. Know that he's pleased with you and he sees a child of God in you. He sees someone that he wants to be proud of and he wants you to be proud of him. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for your work on the cross for us. I thank you for what you've done. I thank, Father, the way you've crushed my life, the way you've crushed this cracker. And, Lord, I don't want to go back. 
And I want to declare your goodness. I want to declare your mercy. I want to declare my testimony to the world that I am a new creation and I now stand in in your holiness and your righteousness. And as we share in this cup, Lord, and we share in this cracker, we declare it in Jesus' name. Would Would you partake with me? Father, in this cup I hold, this cup represents the blood of Christ. This is what overcomes the devil. The blood of the Lamb the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony and I declare holiness I declare eternal life I declare righteousness I declare friendship with the Lord I declare relationship Father we thank you for it in Jesus name let's partake together Amen Amen thank you Jesus thank you Father for your mercy thank you for your grace Thank you for being with us. Thank you for encouraging us. Lord, thank you for being all in all for us. And help us, Lord, to be willing, quick, and obedient to give the testimony of your greatness. In Jesus' name, amen.